DJ PK and John Crotty, former jazz man, now the Miami Heat TV analyst, joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any iPhone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. John, good morning. Hey, DJ PK. How you guys doing this morning? We're doing all right. How are you? Good. Doing great. You know, it's ironic as the Jazz and Heat face each other. They have the exact same record, 35 wins, 18 losses. The Jazz have just gone through a really hot streak where they won 19-21. Uh, then they lost five in a row, and now they right. bounced back and they've won three in a row. It just got really bad and then turned around and got really good very quickly. <laughs> Is that kind of a similar feeling the Heat have going one and three on this road trip with the wind being over the Warriors? You know, part of it uh, on this road trip has been injuries. Uh, He'd have had some significant ones with Jimmy Butler being out for a couple games. He was back last game, which really made a difference. Uh, Tyler Hero's been out, who gives them a lot of scoring off the bench. So that's been part of it. And then part of it's also, it's a, it's a difficult West Coast swing playing against, you know, some really good teams. And, um, you know, so that, that hasn't made it easy. And then, you know, had the trade situation happen, which is, I think is, is very positive for Miami, but you're trying to acclimate guys on the fly and get them, you know, playing at a high level at the same time you're on the road. So haven't had a lot of practice time together. Yeah, that's well and good, but I just like to bask into someone who, like myself, was born in Orange, New Jersey. That's what matters the most to me, man. (laughs) I hear you, brother. I hear you. That's good for you. It's a good feeling. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Guys who took their first breath in Orange, I mean, we're just successful. Look at us. That's right. We got tougher lungs than most because there's a there's a lot of uh, additional toxin in the air over there, man. But yeah, you got Newark and Jersey City just right down the street. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> as, as I look at the heat, to me anyway, and obviously you want to get your opinion on it. There's somewhat of a surprise now. When they got Jimmy Butler, you know, you knew okay, they're expected to be pretty good. But I think that depending on how you know with uh, the the trade and they acclimate these guys, I think they got a shot to contend. Are you do you thinking the same thing? Well, I think look, I think they're playing at an incredibly high level, and I would agree. I think our team here in Miami uh, uh, is the uh, it's really the surprise of the league right now. We've been able to get some younger players and sort of unknown players performing at a really high level. Guys like Kendrick Nunn, who came in, um, you know, as a, as a rookie um, and has started and, and played well up until late, going through a bit of a slump. Um, you know, Tyler Hero, I mentioned, who was our 13th pick, who's performing better than, you know, some guys, you know, significantly higher than that in the draft. And then a guy like Duncan Robinson, who played last year in the G League and is one of the premier three-point shooters in the league. These guys really, you know, I think we'd all be lying if we said we knew they were going to perform like they have. And then you, you blend it with a Jimmy Butler who's a who's come in and, and really surprised me after watching him play for a lot of years. He's, he's handled the basketball and played as a point forward, like almost like a point guard, obviously, out there handling the ball, controlling the flow. And um, so I, I've been very pleasantly surprised. I, you know, I, I think they, you know, when we play against the super talented teams, we're we're still, you know, maybe lacking some of that elite talent, but but we're certainly in a position where we play so well together. If you watch our team, you'll really appreciate the way the ball is shared, and and the toughness on the defensive end. And I like our recent acquisitions because you know guys like Jay Crowder and and Andre Iguodala, you know, really, I think fit that culture and fit that mindset. 
So, John, when you played in Utah, obviously you played for Jerry Sloan, who had a massive, you know, 20-year run. And now you're watching Spolster, who's been with the Heat for more than 20 years, and he's assistant for a decade and now more than a decade right. as a head coach. How much, when you have all these transitions, how much does it matter to have that kind of stability with the coach? Oh, it's huge. Oh, it's absolutely huge. I mean, that's the one thing that I've noticed in my, you know, all my years associated with the NBA is, you know, the good teams pick the right people and they stick with them, even when, you know, times are, uh, you know, get challenging. They don't bail. The bad teams, uh, the poorly run teams, you know, they panic, they they fire coaches, They there's constant turnover. And it's it's really hard to, to generate any kind of traction. you got to have, you know, Stability. You got to have people that, uh, you know, they know they have the confidence of of, of the staff and, and the management team and ownership to, to really stick with it. And then the players. The players read that, guys. I mean, they know. They know if a guy's on shaky ground. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know whether or not they can push the envelope and get away with things versus in a real stable stable situation they can't do that and and. You know, I think the better teams also, they get the elite talent to have character, and, and that trickles down. And, you know, I think of the Jazz teams that I was fortunate to play with here with Stockton and Malone and Hornacek and, you know, a guy like Mark Eaton. Um, you know, th- those guys had character, and they were really good players. And, and what happens then is you're coming in to that situation, um, you know you got to toe the line, you know you got to work hard and do the right things and be accountable, otherwise you're not going to be here alone. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because, you know, we hear, and we've been doing this show now for 18 years in the morning, and we, we hear of occasionally, not so much anymore, of players in the NBA, well, I don't want to go to Utah. And I always thought that was, it was ignorant. And I think that today's players are far more sophisticated, and the very things that you just said are what's appealing to them. And so you can look at a franchise out here in no man's land in Salt Lake City, but guys, no matter who you are, no matter black, white, it doesn't matter. You will be attracted to this place because of all the things that they have to offer. Number one being stability and ownership and management and coaching. And I think that players are excited about that, and that stereotype is gone. Maybe not completely, but would you say that, in my mind, agree with me, that it's gone to a large extent, and players want that these days? I, I would tell you the players are much you know, more educated on those things versus just making decisions based solely on you know, financial um, decision-making and what the, the bottom-line dollars are. Obviously, that's a huge factor, but I think players have become much more, you know, they're almost recruited by teams more, uh, almost like a college situation at the professional level, which never happened during the era I played. Um, you know, in regards to to Utah, I think, you know, ownership being stable is, is huge. And I think Coach Quinn Snyder, I have a lot of respect for him. I love what he's done here in his six, seven years that he's been here. And I think he's, he's a real, he does a really nice job connecting with players. I think, um, you know, guys appreciate that and see the nucleus of guys that, that are here and how, how well this team has continued to perform uh, throughout the course of the season and, and made some playoff runs and, and again, is, is poised to do the same. So um, I, I, would, I would just tell you, I think sometimes guys in today's day and age, they, you know, they love the idea of the bigger market, and that's you know, always a, a challenge when you're in a place like Salt Lake. But you know, there are things about it when you, when you have been other places and you come to a place like Salt Lake, and, that, and that, that's endearing is that the fans really take you in, I feel like, more than other cities. And 
they appreciate the franchise. It's it's the major you know pro franchise in town. You're not competing with football or baseball at a high you know at an MLB or NFL level, and um, and and that's nice and it matters and it's and it's it's a great place to live. If you came back and saw the facilities the Jazz have, and maybe you have been through their practice facility and saw the facilities, no, you have. Yeah, have. So it's you great. know, it's great. right? And then you look back at what you played in because didn't you practice at Westminster Gym? <laughs> yes, sir, Westminster, and then out in the um, oh, geez, what's the other place that was way out west? Um, oh yeah, uh, off the freeway, Franklin Covey. Franklin Covey, yeah. The Co- Right. Yeah, you basically just. Center. Yeah, yeah. Did you like dress at home and just drive in your car and get out and go to practice? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that bad, man. Come on, it wasn't that bad. Uh, I was downstairs <laughs> once. We were sent downstairs to do interviews at Westminster, and I looked at the showers and thought my high school showers were nicer. Westminster, by yeah. the way, has redone uh, their gym, so even if you were there now, it'd be a hundred times better. <laughs> but but I, I bring that up because the whole point you make about recruiting players. All that yeah. kind of stuff matters, and I assume Miami's made a massive investment in all that stuff too. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm fortunate, obviously, traveling around doing the TV with the team now. Um, I get to go to all well, the different arenas, and what, what's what's uh, really become more common now is the, the workout facilities are actually at the arenas. Um, you know, the Jazz, I think, still have the separate facility, but a lot of them are in the in the same place. And they have a court and a half or two courts within the as just pure practice courts. The idea being, you know, you have one place to go instead of multiple. And I'll tell you, everybody's really ramped it up. Um, the amount of money going into the training facilities and the, and the workout facilities, the, the weight room, and, the, and also the physical therapy to you know to keep guys healthy and going. It's it's, it's remarkable. Um, so I've seen that pretty much everywhere. And what's interesting is you know. The, the arena turnovers. It, there's been a lot of new arenas. I was. We were just up at uh, playing Golden State, the Chase Center. Wow. I mean, you want to talk about a, a an amazing facility? What they've done there. They got the biggest scoreboard. It's fantastic. Uh, where we broadcast from was was very interesting. It was almost like a football perch. Um, you know, they they thought about things a lot differently than most arenas do, which are, you know, just bottom line. Uh, you know, how to drive income. Um, they they thought about the experience. Uh, from different different levels too, including the player experience, which you know they have their their facility there from a practice uh, perspective too. We got to see that; and it was amazing. So Jay Crowder was a fan favorite here because of his toughness, and obviously he came along sure. in the Iguodala deal. I'm wondering, did Miami have to take him, or did they want him to come with the Iguodala? Oh, I think they wanted him. No, and he and I think we <laughs> you can see why uh, he. He's been outstanding over the last two games uh, for us, and, and really helped the team. Uh, you know, showing what you talked about: his toughness, his, his grit. He gets down on the floor, goes after loose balls. Uh, defensively, shows versatility uh, from a from a physicality standpoint. He's able to guard, you know, one through four basically. He can even bang on a small five because he's about 240 pounds. And then his three point shooting. And I think what he's really appreciating with this team is the way they share the ball, the way they move it. And he's been the recipient of getting some some good open looks and, and knocking down shots, you know, to the tune of uh, four and then five, or five and then four three pointers over the last two games each. He's he's really been a a nice factor for Miami and fitting in very well. 
I'm curious your perspective on the uh, on the top of the West. I think there's a lot of people who think a Laker Clipper final final is inevitable. And often, when you have the best players, you have the best team, and they got LeBron and Kawhi. So I get that logic, but the rest of the team still has to perform. And we saw Paul George have a bad playoff series, especially a bad end of the playoff series against the Jazz in Oklahoma City a couple of years ago. And he's had some other postseason issues, and he just had a 3-for-15 shooting night against Philly. And Anthony Davis has proven in the postseason. Do you think the Lakers and Clippers are vulnerable in the playoffs against the Rockets or the Jazz or the Nuggets or whoever in the West? Yeah, look, we've, we've played both L.A. teams, um, you know, each the two, a lot of times we play, and we just finished playing the Clippers. Look, we've played Denver. We've obviously played you guys. Um, there's a lot of good teams out in the West. Houston's doubling down with their, you know, going small three point shooting uh, mentality. But uh, the thing that impresses me about the two LA teams is, first of all, the Lakers have LeBron, who's playing uh, at a rejuvenated, very high level, and obviously we had him for four years. Got to see up close what he can do. He makes everyone around him better. But the length they have from an athletic perspective around the rim is really hard to combat. I mean, between um, JaVale McGee, Anthony Davis, and Dwight Howard, um, interestingly enough, they use their length because they can play fast and within um, you know, the pace of the modern NBA. Um, these guys... Um, really make a difference and really hurt us. Um, and then we just played the Clippers on this trip, and you know what's what's amazing there is just defensively how good they are. I mean, you talk about Paul George not shooting the ball well. Well, think about a, a defensive team, you know, that has uh, what they have from a, a weapon standpoint. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George are both all defensive type performers. They've got great depth. They've got. They're the only team that have four players that can score 19 points or more because they bring Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell off the bench. And they just added more depth at the trade deadline. So, you know, I think those two teams are going to be really hard to beat in a series. I think in any one game, you know, watching the Jazz play and watching Denver play, absolutely. I just think it's going to be hard in a series without, you know, some sort of injuries taking place of key guys on either one of those teams. I want to ask you about uh, Bam Adebayo. I mean, this guy, uh, you know, he was, well, I think he was like the 14th, 15th pick out of Kentucky. So it wasn't like he was out of nowhere. 13, yeah. Uh, okay. So he's in his third year. But the from, from where he was first year, then the second year, now his third year, he's taken massive jumps. Is that a surprise? That's that's uh, that's a very accurate statement, and I would tell you that's sort of what the Miami does with players. I mean, they do a tremendous job not only of finding what I would call diamond and the rough guys, but they develop guys. I mean, people come here, they put in a summer's worth of work, and all of a sudden in the fall, people are like, "What, what happened to this guy? He's all of a sudden, you know, a, a much different player." Uh, I referenced some of the younger guys who have who are already performing well <clears throat> just after a summer league with us. Bam's been a guy who's gotten better every year. He's a relentless worker, guys. He's he's uh, he's really talented. He's he's what I would call the modern age big man, where he's you know about six ten and he's he's you know not super heavy and bulky, but he's super quick, um, very athletic. Um, his his well rounded game. He can handle the basketball. He's one of our top assist guys. So they run offense through him at the top of the key area. Um, you know, runs the floor like a deer and can finish on top of the rim with, with great athleticism. Um, has developed 
uh, the ability to you know make some mid range shots, and, and that's been uh, you know in the past his Achilles heel. Um, so with Hassan Whiteside being traded to Portland uh, early early this year in the off season, this allowed um, Bam to step into the starting role, and, and he's been just answering the bell. He's you know he's an Iron Man in terms of durability, plays every game, and has played at such a high level with the team winning. He's getting to his first All Star game, so I'm really happy for him. You know, we've seen similar storylines with the Jazz. Rudy Gobert has improved dramatically. Joe Ingles has improved dramatically. Uh, Royce O'Neal, now George and Ang, we're seeing really big improvement there too. So I think when you see these guys improve and you see the amount of time you can put into it and you see how big coaching and development staffs have gotten in the NBA, do you think going forward with the one-and-done rule gone that we're going to see even more players coming straight out of high school because you can just improve more quickly in the NBA than you can in college? Well, I think it's. I think part of it's that, but part of it's financial, right? I mean, guys are just trying to get to the. If you can get in and get a three-year contract, and you have that time to improve, you're, everyone's trying to get to that max deal as soon as they can. And if that means leaving school early or only going, from, you know, whatever the new rule is, they're trying to get to that that next contract, whatever the, the years are, you know, three to four years before you can get there. If you get a guarantee and you get drafted in the first round, why wouldn't you take it and leave early and then you have that time to develop? It's just the way it's, it's uh, the system's set up now. I think it's, it's really uh, advantageous for the player to come out if he's, if he's already at a pretty high level and then he can develop his skills. And I think it's very difficult for teams, though, because a lot of times they invest time and money in guys to get better and then they become a free agent and go somewhere else. So, John, do you think Mike Conley is the second-best left-handed point guard in Jazz history? <laughs> I think, like, as much as I'd like to uh, to say uh, otherwise, he's he's a hell of a player, man. I, I mean, look, he is a, he's really, uh, I think, a, a nice fit for you guys. And, um, you know, when he's healthy, it really helps your team. He's a, he's a really talented player and a, and a winner and, um, a guy who, uh, you know, to me is, is overlooked at times. And, you know, hopefully he's continuing uh, out here to uh, to be professional and, and show the, the younger guys the right way. And still, he's, he's still effective scoring the ball and, and running the team. Well, despite the fact you're from Orange and we had to go through all the New Jersey junk with PK again, it was good to have you on, John. <laughs> Brother. I'll call I him brother. It. I appreciate it, DJ. <laughs> Thanks, DK. You guys, great to be on with you and uh, appreciate what you do. And great to be back in, in Salt Lake City here for uh, a day or two. And uh, and uh, always always feel comfortable here. The people here were, were great to me. And I had a, a great five years of my life out here playing for the Jazz. Thank you, John. Thanks, guys. Take care. John Crotty, former Jazz player, now TV analyst for the Miami Heat.